And let's cross to our discussion now and welcome our guests to the program. And first of all, uh, let's say hello to Enzio von Feil, Capital Preservation Specialist for Individuals. Uh, good morning, uh, Enzio. Morning, James. Uh, nice to have you have you on the show, and uh, let's say also hello to James Audis, uh, senior investment advisor, uh, Shore and Partners, who's out on the trading floor, which is the noise we can hear. Uh, good morning, James. Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for being on the show, both of you. And uh, I guess let's start with that CPI uh, data, which uh, is looking that inflation is down a bit. Uh, Enzio, what are your thoughts on this? It is, but that's not the stuff the Fed's looking at. That's the problem. The Fed looks at this mouthful called the Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index. And that is still running at about 4.5% in May. The target is 2% on that one. So it's still over twice what it should be. So people wishing that the Fed funds hikes are on their way out, I think maybe um, erring on the on the rather liberal side. James, is that something you would agree with? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tend to disagree with that. And we can see that the U.S. ten-year yields have, uh, you know, paired right back down over the last week, and they've gone from you know 406 basis points to 385 at the moment. So the market's basically discounting the, the Fed actually being more aggressive, and I think the Fed's going to err on the side of caution. Are you surprised uh, by this news? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that the Fed's giving enough time for the uh, actual lag effects for what they've been doing with monetary policy to actually kick into effect. So, you know, they, three years ago they were complaining that you know inflation was anemic, then it got out of control, and they may find that it goes faster to the downside than what they're expecting. How long typically do you, do you think it would take for an interest rate rise to affect inflation? I mean, surely it wouldn't be the most recent uh, interest rate rise that would have done this, would it? No, correct. I think it's still a bit of pricing to come in on, on the moves that they've already made. So, you know, and we know that the, the Fed didn't actually step on in terms of raising rates until, you know, 2022. And by then, the, the, the actual um, uh, market rates were actually moving up from uh, 2020 to the upside. So, you know, they're always a little bit behind, but it's a little bit more acute than, uh, monet- uh, than fiscal policy. But I just think there is a lag effect in effect, and they're not giving that enough chance to kick through. So do you think that we could be, you know, on the downward here and that perhaps the most recent uh, interest rate rise could have further effects in, in, and is in fact pushing it down? I'm not sure whether much of what the Fed's doing is ego-driven as much as anything else. And I know that they, you know, do want to uh, err on the side of caution, but I think that they're not giving enough time for things to, to uh, kick through and they may get a, a horrible surprise and we may see inflation, uh, you know, crater rather than, you know, uh, temper. But it's, it's just a wait-and-see game. I think the market's right. Enzio, has uh, Jerome Powell got an ego problem, would you say? I think that uh, who doesn't? Um, I think many people on the FOMC would disagree, would, are hawkish. So you've got people who are perfectly well qualified to judge these things. My concern with the Fed is not the ego, it's the shape of the ship. What I mean by that is that it's a Noah's Ark. It's an old, it's an outdated policy framework focusing solely on demand driven inflation, too much money chasing too few goods. While actually there are a lot of supply constraints in there, the weather hitting food prices, OPEC hitting oil prices, lazy people hitting labor, wage costs because they don't want to work. So 
I think that the Fed, by patently neglecting the supply side of the equation, yet again is erring on the side of just silly policy. So what do you think about uh, the next policy meeting? Uh, do you think uh, there will be another increase from the Fed? Oh, most definitely there will be another increase this coming round. But I, I also think there, I mean, we've all, since March of 22, been saying they would, they would go up to about six or so, whether five and a half is, or 5.35, it doesn't really matter. I just find that the, 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 the trajectory is still up for a very simple reason that the real Fed funds rates, the stuff that actually stays in the consumer's pockets at the end of the day, that hits the consumer, that's actually turned more negative now because the, um, the Fed funds are now higher than inflation. So inflation minus Fed funds is minus 2%. So that's actually an easing of monetary policy. If anything, there'll be a couple of more rate hikes on the way, I believe. James, I know you're tracking uh, bank earnings in the U.S., particularly, and we're expecting the bank earnings um, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, what are your expectations at the moment? Well, I think that they've got a fairly, uh, a fairly low bar to get over. It's going to, a lot's going to be to do with what their forward guidance is. But when I look at, you know, the likes of J.P. Morgan are trading at, you know, 10.77 times trailing uh, and 10.1 times forward, and Bank of America even, you know, sub nine times on both measures. I think that they're inexpensive. Uh, and you know, if, if I were going to invest in something in what is potentially a shaky market, I trust the guys at the banks to actually do well. So, you know, as I'd be, uh, you know, trusting Dr. Enzio's uh, opinions on things because, you know, uh, uh, an economist with a PhD is going to be a lot smarter than me. So, you know, but I'd, I'd say putting <laughs> money in the banks is not a bad place to be. Uh, nice words, Enzio. Um, or are you looking at the at the bank earnings? Are you following that part of uh, the market at the moment? No, I don't. No, I don't, to be honest with you. Mm. Sorry. No, no, no worries at all. Um, James, uh, Bank of America has had some tra travails of recent. Uh, is that going to affect things going forward? I think I think there might be more sentiment uh, issues rather than actual fundamentals. So you know, I, and and that's why I think that probably the share price is sitting where it's at at the moment on a you know a, a very uh, uh, discounted uh, historical multiple. So I think that they can trade uh, higher. You know, I wouldn't want to be going into these guys with a view that I needed to take the money out to pay school fees in the next three months. But if I were in there for two to three years, then you know these are the, these are the places that I wouldn't mind being in. And I know that you follow banks not only in the US but around the world and, uh, you know, the UK banks are, um, you know, uh, there as well. What are your thoughts on, you know, the likes of uh, HSBC and Barclays and, and Lloyds? Now, well, Bar you know, those guys are trading on really low multiples. So we've got Barclays trading on sub five times multiples on, on trailing and estimated forward. Uh, you know, they're due to report at the, towards the end of the month uh, on the 27th, so a couple of weeks from now. Uh, I mean, if you're go if you're going to go into these guys with a view that you don't need to pull the money out in the next three months or nine months or even year, then uh, I think that you will do really well. Uh, turning to uh, other matters, and turning particularly to uh, Janet Ch Janet Yellen's recent visit to uh, China, uh, Enzio. What do you think is the impact of that? Obviously, U.S. trade uh, with China is a, a really important focus at the moment. Will Ms. Yellen have made any difference in that trip? The impact is that of a mosquito biting an elephant. I don't think that Yellen will have done, will have achieved very much. And, and I'm not anti-Yellen. She's a highly respected economist. But I'm afraid that the 
the real game on Capitol Hill is on Capitol Hill, not in the White House, having done this stuff for many, many years myself with the White House and Capitol Hill, the U.S.-China stuff. I find that it's great for her to say things, but I'm sure that she will be scoffed at by most of these sarky politicians who are half her age. They'll see her as a softie, and they will still go on with her China bashing because in America, China, sadly, is for free because in America, China is perceived to be full of bad communists. The, bad, the, the McCarthy era still lasts in America, so is still lingering and will always remain. So I'm afraid the effect of her trip is going to be not point not, except on a backstage level where Biden certainly is trying to backtrack on all of his nasty talk about China. But I think the the bottom, bottom line of all of this is not a whole lot. The mosquito has bitten the elephant and the elephant doesn't really know that it's happened. James, you're based in Sydney, and of course, uh, you know Australia has uh, attaches great importance to its uh, its relations with China, uh, particularly in the commodities sector. And uh, I think you're following the miners uh, at the moment, um, and uh, folks like BHP and Rio and Anglo American and and so on. What what is what is the impact of of, of China Australia uh, relations on those mining and commodity stocks? Well, there's the sentiment aspect and the fundamental aspect, and I think Dr. Enzio's comments actually are very good in terms of Janet's trip over there being, you know, uh, the, the mosquito biting the elephant. And, you know, in other ways, it's, it's a splash of hot water on a hot rock. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, so the thing about it is the, the Chinese are very, very diplomatic. So they're going to have, you know, uh, done all the right things, bowed at the right time shaking hands, etc. Uh, but I don't think that it's really going to make any material difference. So, you know, we really need to see the, the, the Chinese economy continue to expand, you know, on a, on a manufacturing front and also in their um, uh, real estate development aspect for us to get the draw through on the commodities. And are you seeing positivity, positivity in the mining segment more specifically, James, at the moment? Well, you know, again, I think that they're fairly heavily discounted to, to where they should be on a historical multiples basis because, you know, I, I always say to people, don't just tell me the share price because I can clearly see that. Anyone with an internet connection can tell me what that is. You need to get, make the numbers relative to me. And when I look at the numbers on a relative basis, these these large miners look inexpensive as well at around about 10 times. And whereas, you know, I, I would look at uh, US tech companies that are trading at 30, 35 times. Uh, so, you know, I'm still long tech. But uh, I, I think that there's a lot of value in the, in the global miners and the global banks. Enzio, we've heard that uh, China big tech has, lo- has lost uh, a trillion dollars uh, in value. Uh, you know, what are the prospects for, for trade in China this, for the rest of the year, do you think? Are we going to see some kind of recovery? You know, is the government doing uh, any, anything right there? Not really. I'm afraid that the... My whole analysis is based on this factor that the government at all levels in China, and there was a very, very good article in the South China Morning Post about this yesterday, so let me parrot a little bit on that article was uh, the day before, was that the China is using the private sector as a whipping boy. And it, that means that the private sector, which accounts for 80% of employment, 90% of company formations in China, big data points, that the private sector is really being choked. And as long as the government keeps choking the private sector, I'm of the view that any stimuli, monetary, fiscal, any type, is not going to go anywhere, will not go anywhere, because they don't want the private sector to really then take the ball and run with it. They're disallowing it, they're choking it. And as long as they choke the private sector, 
you're not going to see growth. Profits were down in June by 23%. China is going to become risks becoming a Japan, a beach whale, on what's going to line the sun for some years if they don't change course on this. So you don't see that uh, China is uh, giving a bit of relief now to the private sector? Not yet. I, I think that the pain point will get so big but you, you alluded to something that was very new to my ears just this morning. Um, but I think that one, stra- one swallow does not make a summer. And I think that you need quite some momentum that they, instead of just giving lip service to the private sector, that they actually also on a local and county level actually allow and, and help these private sector companies get going again. As long as they keep choking them, which seems to be the policy ideology at present, China's going to go nowhere in a hurry. Enzio von Feil is Capital Preservation Specialist for Individuals and also on the show, Enzio's biggest fan, James Ordis, Senior Investment Advisor at Shore & Partners. Thank you both for taking part.